podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My name is Fabrizio Romano. I am a football journalist and here we go. Transfer window is really, I say, a crazy word. It's like a jungle because everything can happen every minute, every day. It's like playing football, in my opinion, because when you get news about transfer market, I feel like scoring a goal, I always say, in an important match, in a Champions League match. And you always have to stay concentrated. You always have to stay in contact with the right people. I live with my phone. I, I always say, like my friends, every day, everything can happen. So I start with, with agents, I then have contracts also with sport directors, it can be also with a player. In this football today, more than five years ago or seven years ago, now agents are so important in transfer markets. So also the players can help you, but the players uh, many times are the last to know what will happen really. It's not easy to say what are my sources, but because it changes every time with every, with every transfer. During the transfer market, I sleep like five or six hours uh, from five until 10. Then I get up and I wake up and I start to <laughs> be with my phone all over the day. Uh, I start making calls with, as I told you, with agents, with directors. I work in Milano. Here, we have the center of the transfer market here in Milano. I love the city and I love the adrenaline of the city because everything can happen here. And yes, I immediately started to go around Milano, not in the summer because we you know, have the virus, so the situation is complicated also. Here in Italy and also in other countries, they meet in the restaurants, they meet in the hotels. So we try to find them. It's like Pokemon. I say because you have to find them. Sometimes uh, you can stay like one day, like spending nine hours, ten hours, and you don't find anything. And then in two minutes, you can get Minoraiola with Paul Pogba. Finding Minoraiola is like wow because he's the king. It's totally changing, in my opinion. It's totally changed about the timing. More than money, because uh, the timing of the money and the move on the money between the top clubs is totally different. Uh, I'll give you an example about Manchester United too. I am sure, totally sure, that without the virus, now we were speaking about Paul Pogba to Juventus this summer, because they were ready to make an important bid, 100 million euro. Then they had the virus, they lost money, uh, something changed in Manchester United, they were back to win games, they were back to the Champions League, and now the deal is totally off. The virus needs to tell you, okay, you have to wait, you have to find the right money, you have to find also players to sell, uh, you have a balance to sign players now, it's not like before. I remember 10 years ago, 9 years ago, it was like one week to complete an agreement. You were going to see the rumor about the top club and 7 days later you had the player with, with the new club. Now you need like one month or two months, also because the intermediary have an important part and they have to be paid with important, important commissions. So I remember, to make you an example, last summer with Delict, with, uh, with Juventus, they had the agreement closed with the club, with Ajax, and they need one month to find an agreement with Rayola. He had the percent on, on the players, on the sale of the players. For example, he has it on Holland and he has it also on the league. He has a percent for himself. It's a drama, but it's about dreams. And when you have dreams as the focus, and dreams are not for top clubs or for middle table clubs or for second division clubs. Dreams are for every fan in football. So also if you have a news about the small team, <clears throat> it can be a dream for a fan and for many fans. Always we will have the drama, we will have people connected on the social media 
to find news on the websites, on the papers, on the TV, always the transfer market will be the center of the show. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify and Audio Boom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we're also delighted to also be live on YouTube. Joining me, I've got my co-host for this show, Transfer Season. He's always back during Transfer Season. It's Jamie Brown over at the Daily Hotspur. Jay, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ricky. Um, and yes, of course, as a Spurs fan, I'm always kind of uh, I'm really ready for some some big Spurs new in the transfer transfer market. They seem to be making us wait again. The club, so uh, yeah, let's see what let's see what Fabrizio has to say. So. Absolutely. Uh, delighted once again to be joined by the wonderful Fabrizio Romano. Fabrizio, lovely to have you back again with us. How are you, firstly? Hey guys, super pleasure to be together. I'm good, thank you. Happy New Year to all of you, and super happy to talk Tottenham. Fantastic, Fab. Lovely to have you back on. I'm going to hand over to Jay to start this January transfer window update. Yeah, so obviously the, the big player being linked at the moment with Spurs is the Dharma trial, right? Um, there's been lots of links recently about him potentially coming to Spurs. I think you yourself in the past have said that Fabio Paratici is a big fan of, of the winger. Um, so it'd be interesting to get your take on, on how likely this transfer is and kind of what sort of fee it would take to bring him to Spurs uh, this month. Yes, first of all, what is sure is that Fabio Paratici loves this player. So he's always been following this boy since he was Juventus director. Uh, he was thinking of Adamo Traore for, for Juventus many, many times. Also last summer for Tottenham, they were thinking of Adamo Traore, of course, in, this, in that case was for, for Nuno to play with uh, wingers. And Nuno, of course, knows the player so well. But now with Antonio Conte also playing 3-5-2 situation is not so different because they are looking for this kind of player, for an offensive winger uh, with different skills. Uh, Antonio Conte was doing an incredible job at the interview with Ashraf Hakimi, for example. So, of course, Adama is an offensive player, is less seen as uh, right back, as more as winger. Yeah. Uh, but what we can say is that for Tottenham, in January, his name is still in the list. So Adama Traore is 100% in Tottenham list. It doesn't mean that he's joining because the negotiation is not easy. Uh, Bruno Lazio, Wolves manager, is pushing to keep the player at the club. So from what I'm told, he's trying to uh, also speak with the club and hope to keep the player at the, cl the, the club in January. It's not going to be super easy for Tottenham also because of the fee. For sure, there is interest on Tottenham side to do some swap deal. This is my feeling. They will try and try in January to do some swap deal around uh, some negotiation for some trade because this is Fabio Paratici's style and this is what they're looking for. But it's not easy with, with Nadama Traore because he's a key player for Wolverhampton and this is why, as of now, the negotiation is not so easy, but it's something that Tottenham are thinking to do. Can I ask you, Fab, just follow up on what you just said there about a swap deal. Does that potentially maybe involve Matt Doherty heading back to Wolves? This is a possibility, yes. It's not the only swap deal I see for Tottenham, to be honest. So this could be one of the cases, but not the only one. Uh, yes, for Doherty, there is the opportunity to leave the club in January. Yes, so it's one of the names that I expect to maybe leave Tottenham this, this window. So let's see. Yes, Wolves have an interest to, to bring him back. But at the moment, he's not at advanced stages with Adama included. This is why it's not super easy. Also about the value of the players. Okay, no problem at all, Fab. Thank you for that update. Right, well, um. 
listen, I mean, since you've been with us here, you know, we've been loving the Conte train. We've been riding the wave. I know you love the Italian connection yourself and having uh, Paratici and Conte together at Tottenham. Um, he's made a great start at Spurs. To be fair, you look at Spurs now, just two points off the current top four with two games in hand as well. I mean, I think it's fair to say that Chelsea defeat in the week really did hit us all quite hard. Of course, there is a second leg to turn that around. But can we firstly ask you, because we saw after the game, Conte looking quite subdued and almost warning, a patience warning to Spurs that this is going to be quite a still heavy rebuild. Is he happy at the football club? And do you feel he will be backed by the board this coming January and upcoming summer window? Antonio Conte will only be happy one day when he wins something. So you'll never see Antonio Conte happy at Tottenham if he's not winning a title and winning a trophy. This is... 100% like this. And it's part of Antonio Conte history. So in England, you maybe remember how was the relationship with Chelsea board because they were not signing the players he wanted at some point. With Inter, it's been the same. With Inter, he won the league. But for two years, he was every single interview saying that he wanted something different. He wanted something new. He wanted something else. So this is Antonio Conte. His mission is to win. And to win, it also means to be like a hammer every single day, pushing to have new players, new signings to improve the team. So if you see Antonio after the games doing this kind of interviews and asking for players, asking for signings, it's because he wants to bring something to the team and to show we need to win. We need to think that we are not uh, ready enough to win. We need something else. We need something new. So if you ask me, Antonio is happy with Tottenham atmosphere? The answer is yes. He's super happy with Fabio Paratici, with the players, with the attitude of the players. Because you mentioned the table in, in, in Premier League is very good. If we think how the, start, the season started for Tottenham, it uh, was in really complicated to be in the top four. And now it seems to be completely different life. So Antonio is super happy with the approach of main part of the players. He's super happy with his relationship with Fabio Paratici and with Daniel Levy. He's super happy with the training ground. He's in love with the training ground, how it can work for Tottenham. It is something really new to him because in Italy, we are a good level, but not at this kind of level. So he's super happy with everything with Tottenham. Now it's time to improve with new signings. It's time to improve with the strategy on new contracts. That is something very important for Antonio because when he mentions Lloris, for example, it's because he wants to be happy and he wants to feel the happiness into the dressing room also with the key players already in the club. So this is why the process is long. But if Antonio is speaking like this, it's because his mission is to win. And so he's happy, yes, but he always wants more. One big thing he spoke about um, after the Chelsea game was kind of how difficult it is to get deals done in January and kind of fixing the squad. So it'll be interesting to get your take on, on kind of whether you see much activity happening at Spurs this summer, this, this month in terms of incomings and outgoings. Are you expecting Spurs to be fairly busy? I expect Spurs to try to be very easy because this is also the style of Fabio Paratici to try many different things and see at the end uh, which one are working. So this will be the style again. To be honest, I, I think that they will go for a centre-back. This is the feeling I have. So centre-back is the real priority. And then to see what happens in the other positions, as we said, for Adama, but also for other players, to see how the opportunities will arrive on, on the market. Yes, the point is that in January it's not easy because to adapt to Antonio Conte football, uh, you come from Italy, so maybe you already know how it works with Antonio, his system, his ideas, or directly from Premier League because you know everything about the league, the opponents, and many other things. So I don't see, uh, for example, Tottenham doing some business as they did for Brian Hill in the summer. That is very good talent, and so in my opinion, it's still a very smart signing for the future. But now, in January, you need something different. You don't have any pre-season. You need an impact with a manager like Antonio Conte, who is always working 24 hours per day, 
trying to build something with his own ideas. So you need something ready. And this is what they will try to do. Center back is a priority. And then we will see in the other position what they will be able to do. Just to follow up for that, Fab, you mentioned centre back being a priority. You know, from our understanding, we yes. know that um, there's an interest over maybe a right wing back. Um, you say centre back there, maybe a left sided centre back, and also potentially Conte, what an essential midfielder. Can you categorically tell us the specific positions that Conte would like to fill this January transfer window? These three positions for sure. So with the priority of centre back, but also on the right wing, and then to see what happens on. On, on the midfield, what kind of midfielder? Uh, it depends on also how many players can leave Tottenham. So let's see what happens with uh, with Dombele. We'll see what happens also with Dele Alli situation because Dele Alli, I'm not under percent sure yet that he's going to finish the season as Tottenham player. Maybe I will have some opportunity on the market. So is an open situation, open situation, but centre-back priority, um, right-winger right is a, a possibility and midfielder a possibility too, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing, what a good friend of the show, Alistair Gold, he was mentioning that Spurs probably might, won't have a lot, a great deal of money to spend uh, this month. Do you think Spurs are going to be heavy reliant on income on incomings by having to sell players? Is that going to be a big thing, Spurs getting players out the door to, to bring new ones in? No, this is so important. To see how many signings uh, is important to understand how many players will leave because it's very, very important, not just for Tottenham, I think it's in general for top clubs. Now, in the market, you need to sell players. Uh, it's not like five, four, three years ago when the situation before COVID was different. Now you need to sell players, and this is what Tottenham wants to do, what Tottenham are planning to do. So Fabio Paratic is trying for, for Ndombele, is trying for the situation of, of Dele Alli to find maybe some interesting swap deal. So I will keep an eye on this one. Uh, not on permanent, but I guess on low move could be a possibility. Let's see, because as I say, this kind of market with trades, with swap deals, with creativity market needs time. You can't do it in the first week. And so nothing is happening in the first week. It's going to take some days. At the end of the window, you will have many opportunities because, for example, there are clubs who need to sell players like Barcelona, for example, but many others too, that they will be forced to sell the players maybe with a different uh, approach, different price, or maybe to accept some loan deal. This is why waiting in January sometimes is a smart strategy. And Fabio Paratici always did like this also at Juventus in, in January. At the same point, we have to see how many players will leave because you know better than me the salaries of Tottenham players. This is the problem for players like Dombele. I see rumors Dombele to Roma. For the salary he has, it's absolutely impossible. It's absolutely impossible. So it's about the salaries. Fab, you mentioned a couple of days ago that Spurs are in talks with Hugo Lloris and are confident to extend his contract until June 2023 with one more season approved by Antonio Conte. Can you tell us if those talks have progressed? Because we've seen reports that apparently Rennes are showing interest in the Frenchman. Any further progression on Hugo Lloris' contract? It's true that there is interest from France, Rennes not only, but it's also true that Hugo Lloris is super happy at Tottenham, of course. Uh, He's more than a key player for Tottenham. And I'm told that talks are going well. It's not done yet, but are going well. Uh, I can also say that from what I heard, Hugo Lloris wants a bit more than only one season contract. So maybe they can include an option or maybe go directly with a two seasons contract. Let's see what happens. Also because Antonio Conte is key into this kind of the seasons, also for a new contract. And he wants Lloris to stay. He was so clear in public, but he always wants this kind of players, you know, with experience, uh, very important in the dressing room still a great goalkeeper. So this is why I expect Tottenham to push in the coming weeks for your test and the contract. Talks have started and I'm sure that maybe they will need to change the structure so maybe include an option or go with a two-year deal but they will continue to negotiate with the Warriors. 
another player who was potentially in talks of a new contract was Harry Kane as well. Is there any kind of update on, on whether Harry Kane might sign a new contract and what the details of that contract might be? No, it's not imminent yet from what I heard. It's something that they started to discuss but was really uh, early stages, immediately after the summer, after Harry Kane made his decision to stay, after Daniel Levy was saying no to every single proposal from, from Manchester City. So in September, they had some conversation uh, with the agent of Harry Kane and the feeling was, we want you to stay and to, to sign a new deal and to be part of the face of Tottenham new project also then with Antonio Conte. Uh, then at the moment it's not imminent or it's not close to be agreed a new deal, but I'm sure that something will be discussed from Tottenham side. Why? Because now the feeling I have talking with people close to the club and not only is that Harry Kane is really, really happy with Antonio Conte revolution at Tottenham. When you have a manager like Antonio, it's not just on the pitch. What we see on the pitch is every single weekend, so you know better than me, but also into the dressing room. Something has changed. When you see Antonio Conte fighting to bring a different mentality. This is exactly what Harry Kane wanted. What Harry Kane wanted last summer. It's not just about Champions League football or winning titles. And of course, every single top player is hoping to do that. And so it's, it's, it's fair to understand what Harry Kane wanted and why Harry Kane wanted to join Manchester City. But now this, the feeling in, in to Tottenham dressing room and same from the board and same for the manager is they are experiencing something different. They feel that they can win. They can fight to win. They can compete and they can be back at top European football. And so this is why I have the feeling that the contrast situation in 2022, not now, but maybe in the coming months, could be an interesting topic for Toto. Well, Fab, um, you mentioned about Lloris. just want to quickly ask you about uh, Pierigi Gallini. There's been reports that Spurs are not convinced by the shot stopper's fitness. Do you expect him to return to Atalanta? Spurs obviously are yet to trigger uh, his amount of games played to offer him a permanent contract. Yes, first of all, I was checking this news because I saw also these reports about his fitness and I'm told that it's not like this, to be honest. Uh, I'm told that Pierluigi is super appreciated into the dressing room. Teammates love him, so he has a fantastic relationship with teammates. And sometimes you can see also on social media how the relationship is very good with many teammates. Uh, he's a good goalkeeper. He did great in Italy with Atalanta for many, many seasons. At the moment, it's not a priority for Tottenham. This is the truth. So this is not a priority because... Conte wants Hugo to stay. Uh, also, Antonio Conte has never been a manager ready to give a lot of time, uh, game time to second goalkeepers. For example, at Inter, he had a second goalkeeper like Radu, and he was never playing him, never. Only after they won the, the, the league for two games, stop. Then he never played him. So also when Andranovic had some problems, always with the first goalkeeper. So my expectation is for Tottenham not to have the priority to Sangolini. They're happy with his attitude. They're happy with the goalkeeper he is. But at the moment, it's not the priority to spend money on him. So I still see this one as something that maybe could change in the coming months because maybe Golini will change the situation, never say never in football. But as of now, it's not a priority. And there are Italian clubs interested in him. Already working on him as potential new signing for next summer. So let's see what happens. Do you think that Spurs could look to sign another goalkeeper? Of course, with Loris, he is coming towards maybe the, the latter stages of his time at Spurs. Um, and there's been reports of us uh, been linking us with the likes of Dean Henderson at Man United, Sam Johnson at, at West Brom. And even Sami Handanovic was another name that was linked. Obviously, he'd be um, you know, certainly not one to replace Loris. But is, is there a possibility that a goalkeeper might another goalkeeper might come to Spurs anytime soon? In January, no. Talking about summer, I'm sure that they will talk about the budget. This will be key. 
to understand how they want to spend the budget. Because as I told you, uh, your risk for Conte is a priority. And so when Conte has a priority, you have to go with Conte. If you don't support Conte, you're going to have big problems. So I'm sure that they will do everything they can do to, to find an agreement with Hugo Lloris and continue with it. So spending a lot of money on a second goalkeeper or to have a competition in a role where Antonio Conte is never giving competition because he prefers to go with a single goalkeeper and having a good backup as Goldini or as the next one they will sign. I don't see Tottenham spending 30 or 40 or 25 million on a goalkeeper in the summer if they will have different priorities. And my feeling is, yes, they have different priorities. Something in the midfield, new striker to be signed, to decide on the right wing. Let's see what happens with centre-backs. So they have some priorities. They maybe have to put some money on the new deal for Harry Kane. So it doesn't seem to be a priority right now. Before Conte, yes, because Nuno was not 100% convinced of your ace as key player for the future. But with Conte, age of the players is not something important. It's how you perform, not the age. This is why I have the feeling that your ace will be at the center of the project. Okay, I'm conscious of time, Fab, so we're going to speed it up like the pace of a Dharma Trail race. Um, we'll, we'll try our best to. Um, <laughs> okay, so you know we mentioned about uh, right boom back being one of the areas Spurs want to look to bring somebody in. We've been linked with the likes of Tarek Lamptey, Philip Kostic, Mamul Lazari. Are any of those players of interest to Tottenham? Lamptey is a player that they are following, but it's not for January. So it's one of the names that I will keep an eye for for summer, but for January, no, I don't see this move happening. Or if something surprises, it's not it's not going to happen. Kostic, there is interest from Inter, so I think it's not going to be an easy one. Uh, and then he's playing on the left, and I'm told that on the left they are super super happy with Sergio Reguilón. Antonio Conte also before he joined Tottenham was 100% sure that he will be one of the best uh, left backs in 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 Europe. So. This is the expectation. Now, just going back to central defenders, I know you mentioned that was an area that we have been looking at. Um, lots of names have been linked. Uh, Debris, uh, Delit, Romagnoli, uh, Squignard, all, all names that have been linked. Um, how likely do you think that Spurs, how possible do you think it is that Spurs might get a central defender uh, this month? And kind of, are there any, what are the names that Spurs might look to target? I don't see this kind of name, to be honest. I think to sign the Ligt in January is impossible. To sign Skriniar in January is impossible. To sign De Bruyne in January is impossible. To sign Romagnoli, too, because he's out of contract with AC Milan. But they don't want to lose the player in January because they also have Simon Kier injury till the end of the season. So they can't lose him. It's only Ficayo Tomori and Romagnoli for AC Milan. So I think it's not going to be this kind of names. Uh, we have a lot of fake rumors around Tottenham. I think for centre-back will be something different will be an opportunity uh, i i think that the kind of name i think is going to be impossible or close to be impossible in january but kind of deal will be like pau torres you remember that pau torres was a name yep. that they were working yep. for was absolutely yep. under the radar and they will go for something like this from clubs that are important clubs but maybe open to sell in january for a player with this kind of skills and keep an eye on pau torres maybe for the summer because Fabio Paratici really wanted him. Eh? Tottenham made a big proposal for him. So maybe for the summer could be an opportunity if Tottenham will have Champions League football. OK, we've heard reports, um, again, Fab, that Spurs are looking at that central midfield as an option. Conte would like to bring a central midfielder in. Just going to throw some names at you um, in around that kind of position. Christian Eriksen, Weston McKenney, uh, Matthias Svanberg, any of those names of an interest to Tottenham this window, as far as you're aware? For, for Svanberg, is a player they're following. Fabio Paratici was following him already at Juventus, but is not a priority at the moment for January, also because he's a key player for Bologna. McKenney, they wanted a loan deal in the summer, and Juventus are not accepting a loan deal in January. So I think for McKenney or Kuluzeski, it has to be a permanent one. 
and so maybe to try a swap deal with Juventus. But it's not easy because of the value of those players. Juventus want around 30, 35 million for McKennie and 30, 35 for Kulusevski. Uh, and the other name you mentioned to me, I don't remember, sorry. Uh, Matthias Fanberg, Matthias Fanberg. No, no, I told you about Svanberg. Oh, I think it was another one. Frank Kessie. Frank Kessie. Frank Kessie. Ah, Frank Kessie is, is one for the summer. It's one for the summer. Not for January because he's not leaving AC Milan in January. I can guarantee it to you. But for summer, as free agent, could be an opportunity for Tottenham. Mm. Uh, not to... only for Tottenham, but I will yeah. keep an eye on Tottenham. Okay. Have you, Jay? Just, just two other names that might potentially leave uh, the club this summer. Tongi and Dombele and Deli Ali. Kind of what do you expect their chances of leaving uh, the club this month. Do you think there are two players that might leave? I think for Nombele there are huge chances. Then let's see if they can find an opportunity because also during the summer they wanted to sell him but they were not able to find the right club. And for Dele Alli, I'm not 100% sure yet that he's leaving but I would say that he has possibilities to leave. Yes, it's not a priority like they're desperate to sell Dele Alli but it's a possibility if they find a good opportunity. Maybe it's worth deal. Wingers, Fab, um, Osman Dembele, Dijan, Kulikevsky, I pronounced that right. Any interest in yes. those two? Right, for Dembele, I think it's going to be something interesting maybe for the summer uh, as free agent, more than more than January for, for Tottenham. Kulusevsky is true, they have interest. Fabio Paratici signed this boy for Juventus. And Antonio Conte wanted him when he was at Inter. It was Inter versus Juventus to sign this boy, and Juventus signed him. Now it's a possibility that Tottenham are considering. It's true that they're following the situation and they had contacts with this agent. It's true. But it's also true that Juventus, as I mentioned before, they're asking for 35 million. So it's not easy. It's about to find the opportunity. This is why it's taking long for Tottenham window, for Tottenham transfer window. Mm. Uh, just another name that's definitely that's been linked as well, Dusan Blachowicz, uh, Fiorentina. I know Arsenal kind of been strongly linked with the move for him today. Um, what, what are the ch- what, what's kind of the situation with Blachowicz? Will he leave now or will he leave in the summer? It's true that Arsenal want him. He's not new, but at the same point, uh, also Tottenham want him. But the point is that the player is still open to stay at Fiorentina for six months and then leave in the summer. In the summer will be a big race for Vlaovic. So to change his mind at this point is only about maybe changing his agent. He's the only one. If he's not changing his agent, I don't see him changing club in January. For Tottenham, it's true that they are absolutely following Dujan Vlaovic situation for the summer. Absolutely. They will be in the race. Okay, uh, which is conscious of time. I'm going to pass over the Germans to throw some names at you, um, yeah. Fab, and then I'll say we're going to ask you one final thing. Joe, back to yeah. you. Um, yep, so I mean, names that Spurs have been linked with uh, Clement Longley from Barcelona, Nikola Milenkovic, uh, Lorenzo Insigne, of course, he's gone somewhere else, Nicola, Nicola Barella, Isco, or Antoine Griezmann, or any of those names that might be. Griezmann, to... fake news, Barella is not leaving the club. Milenkovic yeah. is a player they wanted in the summer, yeah. it was in the list. Uh, I still remember that they had a plan for Romero, plan A, and plan B was to sign maybe two players between Tomiyasu, Milenkovic, and Zuma. This was the plan, then they decided to go for Romero. And so Milenkovic could be a possibility, but I think it's, we're talking about summer, because Fiorentina are not letting them leave in, in, in general. is going to be difficult. But it's a name I would keep an eye on, because Fabio Paratic is following him since a long time. So on the names you mentioned, you mentioned, I would say Milenkovic is the most... Okay, and if like Adama it. does, if Adama does come in, does that mind Bergwijn might be on his way out, Fab? Yes, just squeeze that in. Yes. Bergwijn potentially is that regardless whether Adama comes in or not. You think Bergwijn will leave this window, or if is that dependent? Find, if, if they sign a new winger, he's leaving. If they don't, maybe he could stay. But if they sign a new winger, he's leaving. Ajax are interested. Sevilla are interested too. Let's see what happens. Okay, mm-hmm. Joe, over to you to close it. And how? Just a final question: How many times do you think we'll get to hear here? Uh, here we go this this month. For Spurs, I think maybe two, 
two or three. It depends on altcoins. Fab, you're an absolute star. Glad to see you back on your feet Thank and well. You I'm sure we'll have you back on before the end of this January transfer window. Great. Keep safe, keep well. Guys, there you go. The wonderful Fabrizio Romano, as always. Keep tuning in to Last Word on Spurs. Plenty more transfer content to come your way. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.